0: Welcome to the Nourishment Mindset Podcast, your guide to good food, good health, and a good life. And now, here's your host, Nutrition Network Advisor and author of The Nourishment Mindset, Dixie Huey. Happy Transformation Tuesday, y'all. Welcome to or back to the Nourishment Mindset Podcast, where we are on a metabolic mission to discover or rediscover your vitality through real whole foods, straight talk, sound healing practices, and let's not forget the best part of all, the pleasures of the table, Thank you to the repeated and continuing book buyers. I so appreciate you. Y'all, there are two ways to get my book, The Nourishment Mindset. You can hop over to Amazon or you can go to my website, favorfat.com. And there you will both find links to Amazon as well as a way to buy at the same price, including shipping a signed copy of the book. So thanks again to all those who have purchased and pretty please, if you haven't, consider doing so today, maybe even gifting a copy to someone else. I did have um, a yoga student in my class say to me, well, I bought two copies I'm not sure who I'm going to give the second one to because I don't want someone to think that I'm telling them there's something wrong with them. And she got back to me about a week later and she said, "Okay, now that I'm halfway through your book, I realize it's not at all preachy and it's it's not a book that would suggest that someone has something wrong with them. It's more of a health book with your personal story woven in very readable. So I appreciated that. And I thought I would share her comments with y'all. Thank you also to our podcast reviewers. If you haven't yet, take a sec on whatever platform you are listening on. We're on Spotify, Apple, and Google Play. Pretty please, if you like this, just take a sec to share your comments. I'd appreciate it very, very much. Those who do share comments will, if they just contact me and let me know it's there, receive a complimentary signed copy of The Nourishment Mindset. So let's get into it today. This is a solo cast, and it's I was dead wrong. So I have always admired people who can admit when they're wrong. To me, this is a a very strong character trait. It's the way my mama raised me. And I appreciate her for that. I'm not saying it's easy to do. It almost never is. But it's important. It helps us evolve. And I believe has people trust you more. So prior to becoming a health coach, I ran a wine and culinary marketing agency. I was in that world for 20 years. The last 12 of it, I was on my own serving mostly wine clients, some food, like beautiful olive oil cheese in the Pacific Northwest, but also abroad. It's a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I used to have this blueprint for what I called F-ups. I'm not going to say that word on the podcast. We were pretty casual around the office. Number one, if you find that you have made an error, pick up the phone. As in call the client, no texting, no emailing, pick up the phone. Now we were an hour at least away from most of our clients. So if we had been nearby, I would have said, get your sweet tush in the car and go down and meet the client face to face. So you pick up the phone. Second thing is tell the client what went wrong, spit it out. That's what we did in our office. Just say it and let it come out. Number three, apologize for the error. Do not blame other people. Do not hide under your desk. Just apologize. I'm sorry. I screwed up. Number four, tell the client how you already fixed the issue or plan to solve the issue if you need the client's input. And finally, let the client know that you've thought about it, that he or she and their business is important to us, and that X, Y, or Z is how you're going to prevent this happening again in the future. This is service recovery in B-School. It's 101, really, but it's shocking how many people are incapable of this, A especially in the public space, our politicians and our federal agencies. We're seeing a lot of tiptoeing backwards these days on certain things, a lot of backpedaling. It would work a lot better to just say, we were wrong. Here's why. We apologize. Here's what we're going to do to fix it in the future. But there's not a lot of integrity in those organizations. Very bloated too which means they're never gonna learn. You must admit fault to solve the problem and evolve your thinking. And I am here today to admit to you that I didn't always see food through the lens of nutrient density. And worse, when I started writing my book, The Nourishment Mindset, it was called Not Fat. I actually envisioned it as a bathroom book, like something you might pick up at the checkout counter, like a little flip through, kind of a cutesy, sassy sort of tips for weight loss. But at the time when I started writing this book, now seven years ago, I was still working in the the culinary and wine industry. I wasn't a health coach. And I... It was a bitchy tone. And here's why. Because at the time I prayed at that altar of Keiko, Seiko, however you want to call it, calories in, calories out. So obviously, if someone's overweight, it's because they eat too much and they don't exercise enough. They're gluttonous, lazy people, right? It's embarrassing to admit. That's what I had been taught. I went on my first diet at age 10. Count calories, lose weight. So this is sort of this calories in, calories out, brainwashing. But the worst part of it, after the fact that it really doesn't work in the long term, it wrecks your endocrine system. Worst part really is that it blames the person who is struggling so there isn't really a, a way out of that. It's sort of a trap. And you see this in doctor's offices. Sometimes they'll, they're will they not going to show you, but non-compliant patient. I told them to eat less, move more, and they're obviously not doing it. Meanwhile, the patient may be trying as hard as he or she can, and it's just not working. It's because it's bad advice. Your brain doesn't want to be starved. So what happened? Why did I basically tear up my manuscript and start over when I was over a year in and basically what I thought was done? Well, by that time, I had gone down this metabolic health rabbit hole. And I had begged my way into the nutrition network program. So when I first contacted them, I knew I couldn't do A program in the US because it's going to all be sort of calories and low fat and plant based and all this stuff. And I, I already was viewing food through the lens of nutrient density. And so I needed to go to an educational program where I could flourish and really learn what I wanted to learn. And so I chose the Nutrition Network, which is actually out of South Africa, founded by a wonderful gentleman named Dr. Tim Noakes. There's a whole backstory there, but I ain't going to get into it today. So at first, you had to be a medical provider to enter this program, and thankfully, they in, they opened up rather an advisor level certification. So that's what I did. And I'm technically still a student there. I have put that on hold to work, finish my book, finally promote my book and do some other things. But I do intend to complete the practitioner level coursework as well. I'm excited to, to get back to that. So anywho, I'll never forget this professor because he turned my thinking upside down. He said two things. We're fat on the outside because we're sick on the inside. So the extra weight is basically a symptom of metabolic problems on the inside, which you can't see under that hood. You can see through the correct blood work. And I've talked about that on prior episodes. He also said, and this one was really like, we eat too much because we're getting fat. That doesn't make a lot of sense, right? How, why would you eat too much because you're getting fat? So what we call fat is really more of a metabolic dysfunction. Again, that extra weight that you could grab is a symptom. It's not a sign of gluttony and laziness. So what's going on under the hood, the metabolic functioning is what is compromised. And so you've got to fix that root cause in order to get healthy and vital. So what did that mean for me? (laughs) Well, it meant that I had to scrap, not fat, and start over because there was no way that I could put that out into the world because it was just wrong. And I was, I wouldn't say pissed off, but I was very discouraged. But then I was happy because I thought, you know, this is a completely new way of thinking. This is why I entered this program. I've already gotten my money's worth in the first class. This is freaking awesome. The French have a wonderful verb. You know, we say it floored me. It certainly floored me. They say bouleversé. I always think of it as like a bulldozer rushing across me, flattening me out like a cartoon character into the pavement. And that's what it did. So not only did I have to scrap, not fat manuscript, but I had to relearn everything that I was taught because I was taught this crap by, you know, well-meaning family members, nutritionists that I saw over the years, doctors, textbooks that I read, all my fitness certifications back in the day, talked about calorie counting. And if you can pinch an inch, you need to eat less and move more. So I had to relearn all of that and start over. And I was like, gee, but thank goodness I did. Thank goodness I did, because what a journey. So the main thing that We're what we want to espouse here. If you start with your brain, okay, because your brain is in the driver's seat. I've said this before. When it comes to nourishing yourself, you really want to harmonize with your hormones. There are plenty of hormones. The endocrine system is a beautiful thing, but there are three hormones that I always teach my clients about so that they can understand what's going in going on in the brain. So these three hormones, and here's how I remember them, at least the first two. Ghrelin, grrr, give me something to eat. That's ghrelin. Leptin, lay off. You have had enough. So that's your hunger and satiety signaling hormones. Again, it's more complex than this, but this is is the basics. This is, we don't need to know more unless you're in a PhD program doing some research. And then the third is insulin. This is your at storage hormone. Hmm. So insulin's made by the beta cells of the pancreas. And when you have, say, I don't know, some grande 4 sugar, syrupy, latte, who knows what metabolic mess. <laughs> What's going to happen because of all that sugar is your pancreas is going to release insulin, kind of get that sugar to tap down. So if you're doing that all day long because you're eating a lot of starches and sugar, you're going to be releasing a lot more insulin. In a prior podcast, I talked about type 2 diabetes myths and how you can actually see type 2 diabetes many years before it is diagnosed with your fasting glucose and your A1C, which is a measure of three months of your average glucose. You can see it. If, 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 and this is a big if, if you measure fasting insulin, which most doctors do not. So ask for that test on your next set of labs because it can really preview what's going on. So we want to be insulin sensitive. And so a lot of folks in the low carb community get a little too obsessed with maintaining even glucose. It's normal to have a glucose response after eating and to release insulin to bring things back to par. What's not normal if you're watching this on YouTube is, you know, this roller coaster effect. And we've all felt that where, you know, it's usually picking on Chinese food, but you eat and you're so full, all that white rice and then just boom, crash and then somehow paradoxically you're hungry again. So this is somewhat due to the glucose response, the sugar and the crash. We've all seen our kids on Halloween. Goodness gracious, Valentine's Day recently. So. The hormones are in charge, and you want to harmonize with your hormones. You do not want to interfere with your hunger cues nor your satiety signaling. And you certainly don't want to be on a glucose insulin roller coaster. So, this is why this ultra processed faux food fair is such a one, two, three punch because it's made of sugars and starches and seed oils, which also disrupt metabolic functioning. This is screwing up those satiety and hunger signals and of course, sending insulin out on that roller coaster ride. So <clears throat> the other problem with those types of foods, and I'm holding up quote marks, this is really not food. When we look through the lens of nutrient density to evaluate food, what we're basically saying is, what does this food do for me? So if it's a box of cereal, which I believe it's Tufts and their food scale now says Lucky Charms, some shit like that is healthier than beef and eggs. You know, this is BS because what is on the plate or in that cereal bowl? And what is it giving to your body? So we need to look at the nutrient density and ultra processed foods are essentially void of nutrients. They add in vitamins, you'll see, I mean, it's a laundry list of stuff and it sort of sounds healthy. But if you know just enough, you know, it's BS because all that stuff is added to sort of put lipstick on the pig, as we say in the South. The other issue is that people are eating around the clock. Now, why is this part of it's our lifestyle? This is the pleasures of the table. We stopped stopping to sit our took down and savor our food. To me, that is the missing piece of the metabolic puzzle. Everyone else is talking about all the other things I've mentioned, but we don't talk about savoring our food and sitting your ass down and enjoying and digesting properly. So, Eating around the clock, no bueno, because you're just mucking around with all of your physiology. So the good news here is we can interrupt this hot haywired mess, and it's pretty darn simple to do. There are many levers to pull, but the most important two to start with, because we don't want to be overwhelmed, and you can read about all my levers in the nourishment mindset, lever one real whole nutrient-dense foods, the quality of the food. (laughs) Usually these are single ingredients. I've talked a lot about that. Lever number two is the timing of your meals. So this BS that I had a nutritionist, I paid a nutritionist, several of them, to tell me to eat six small meals a day. Well, that's just spiking your glucose six times a day. Even if it's healthy food, that's too much eating. I'm not saying to starve yourself, but what I'm saying is you don't want to be eating around the clock and eating is anytime you put anything in your mouth that has you know energy calories. so think about that if you can minimize and again I'm not saying do omad one meal a day you don't need to do anything crazy you know a great way to start is just eat three meals a day ditch the snacks we don't need the snacks. Ugh. So here's the thing, back to why I was wrong. So whereas before we think, oh, okay, someone's got extra fat, like they're overly nourished, right? Look at all that stored energy in the form of body fat. Well, paradoxically, a lot of people who are overweight, obese are actually malnourished. Let that sit a sec fat and malnourished. You know, we've all seen, especially in my youth, the commercials of the, you know, unfortunate children who are um, starving in Africa, the the donation commercials, that sort of thing. America doesn't look like that, for the most part. America looks very overly fat. We've got a 70 plus percent overweight, 42 percent pre-COVID obese. So we don't look like that. (laughs) We look Opposite of that. However, we are still often malnourished, and that goes back to the quality of the foods we eat. For example, many people are deficient in fat soluble vitamins. These are A, D, E, and K2. One of the best ways to get (laughs) these vital nutrients for brain health, okay, y'all, brain, we've been talking about the brain, the endocrine system is through, drum roll, animal fats, those demonized, saturated fats. Butter. Eat your butter. Real butter. Not the margarine, not the crap in the tub, not the plant-based stuff. Butter. Think of butter as a vitality food. Also, also, animal foods like meat, cheese, eggs, that sort of thing, much more bioavailable. The nutrient density of these foods is unparalleled, no matter what Tufts claims. They (laughs) check the funding on that program and research, which is typical in the nutrition world. But these rich, nutrient-rich foods It's much more bioavailable to your body versus what's opposite of that. I get so many questions about swallowing, swallowing this, that, and the other. And that's really, and what I mean is supplements, pills. You know, I'm not your physician, so I'm not telling you not to take your vitamin D, but I should tell you that it's really important to take vitamin D with K2, and almost no one will tell you that. These must come together. So this is why I love cod liver oil. (laughs) I'll put a link in the show notes to the type that I buy. Cod liver oil, you can even get get it cinnamon flavored. That makes it go down a little bit better. But I shoot that. That's my daily vitamin right there. So remember Fat on the outside is a symptom of being metabolically ill on the inside. And it starts usually with insulin resistance. And it can take years and years and years, 20 plus, to actually develop type 2 diabetes. But that's why you need to have your fasting insulin checked. Because if you're on that train, you want to get off and the way to do that is to espouse the nourishment mindset. Of course, <laughs> your brain will drive you to get the nutrients it needs. So if you're eating a bunch of faux fare, you're going to keep eating and eating and eating. It interferes with your satiety signaling rather. So here, I'm not trying to say that the laws of thermodynamics and Energy coming from food don't matter. What I am saying is that when you switch to real whole nutrient dense foods, you are harmonizing with your hormones. and so your body knows your palate, your body, they know when you've had enough. And so you can just stop. And the cravings, it's amazing to see people's cravings subside. I like to view cravings as potential vitamin and or mineral deficiencies. And sure, yeah, sometimes I'm like, oh, I could really go for a piece of chocolate right now. But it's certainly not driving me to the store in the middle of the night or to wake up and eat. And hell, if I want a nice dark dark chocolate bar, I'll go buy one. But this craving this stuff all day long is certainly in part due to being malnourished because of the types of foods. And think about it. Let's say you eat a big old piece of steak. Yum. I love ribeye. How does that compare satiety-wise to a bag of potato chips? Could you eat three steaks like that? No. (laughs) Could you eat the entire bag of potato chips? Probably, probably. You know, I always dare people, I dare you to even eat six eggs. (laughs) Good luck. Eggs are so satisfying, especially when they're cooked in that butter. So one place I would like to highlight is the Weston A. Price Foundation. Dr. Price wrote his book about 100 years ago. He studied around the world, native populations. And as a dentist, he was looking at their dentition. And what he saw is that those eating the culture's traditional foods had this lovely bite's plenty of space. They're not getting their wisdom teeth or others extracted. They can breathe properly through their nose. But then when they start introducing faux food, ultra processed garbage, all of a sudden the actual facial features are changing, narrowing. Now the teeth don't fit in a couple generations later. The nose is too small. It's blocked. A lot of us have nighttime sleeping issues. This could be a face-shaped thing because of ultra-processed food over time. So it's a world of information. His book, I will admit it took me over a year to get through. It is a, a tome. There are lots of pictures of his work. Again, he went around the world. It's a fascinating book. I'm not necessarily suggesting that y'all pick that one up. It's fascinating to me, but I'm a metabolic health nerd. But what it did is it 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 proved that we have had the answer for a long time. This is not new information, y'all. This has been at our fingertips. Now, why large governing bodies and those in the medical practice choose to ignore this, I'm not sure. It's very complex. I go into that in my book, The Nourishment Mindset. I don't pretend to know every factor, but I certainly have dug a deep enough hole to see some of the muddy water in there in that hole. But anywho, if you do go to the Weston Price Foundation, you become a member for 35 bucks or something like that, you get a quarterly journal. But really what to me, the biggest takeaway is this nutrient density of food. Do be aware, though, that this group may have and hold views that you do not agree with. Okay, so I'm just putting that out there. And hey, that's okay, right? <laughs> One of my best friends and I don't agree politically at all. Still love her to death. Love you AJ. So just keep that in mind. I hope that that will not turn you off to the value that they do bring in terms of the nutrient density of foods and health. I mean, maybe be a little bit open to to reading, doing your own research, expanding your thoughts. When I became a member, I certainly um was pretty blown away by everything. And I, it really, in addition to my nutrition program, this really turned things, to use that French bulldozer verb again. So not everything they say is, you know, something I agree with wholeheartedly, but I still find tremendous value. And if you're in the South Florida area, We have, and they're everywhere. They're all over the country, all over the world, chapters. And I have loved every chapter meeting that I have been to. Fascinating speakers, delicious foods. And there's, you know, there's a lot of diet dogma out there. So one of my favorite things about this way of eating, because I get asked all the time, are you keto? Are you paleo? Are you this? Are you that? You know, from vegan to carnies, I call them carnivores, all of this stuff. My least favorite is, of course, low fat, because now you have learned that that is low nutrition diet. But people get too dogmatic. I don't need to like slap a label on my forehead as to how I eat. I'm a human and I eat nutrient-dense foods. And the thing that I really like about the Weston Price Foundation is they really espouse nutrient density and natural, holistic And so it's a much broader plate, if you will. So I think for most people, that's probably the most sustainable way of eating. So they don't demonize bread, for example. So there is tons more in my nourishment mindset book on all of these topics and more. Before I part ways with y'all in this little solo pass, I would like to thank Jake Frankel of Authority Magazine, who... Uh, published a piece. He interviewed me. It was February 24th. It's linked on my website and I will put it in the show notes as well as in the subscriber email. By the way, if you haven't yet subscribed favorfat.substack.com. So the interview was five things to do to achieve a healthy body weight. So I really love doing this interview, thinking about the excellent questions. And one of the questions was about a life lesson and so in kind of tying a bow on this episode i started by saying you know here's kind of what i used to do and what i in my business and now what i do in my personal life when not if i make a mistake um is a quote that really speaks to me and it's in my book is in six parts so part 1 contains, I believe, eight chapters. Part one is called It's All About Favor and Fat, Baby. No one's going to be surprised to hear that. But this quote by Marcel Proust, the real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. And so to me, that was poignant, because it's it was certainly what I needed to do to better understand my own health and figure out how I wanted to run my health coaching practice. So I'm very thankful to that Nutrition Network professor. But it also is something that we can hopefully, a mindset take with us so that we can question thoughts, we can evolve over time. And I like to believe that of course, this is what we teach our children, right? Like you're part of your learning, but not only as children is to make mistakes and recover from them and be human and evolve. And that that's a beautiful thing. So mistakes really in a weird way are a gift. <laughs> so we'll end it on that note. As I said, you can buy the book on Amazon or Favor Fat for a signed copy. You can subscribe if you haven't, favorfat.substack.com. And on my website there, you can find all my social links. They're usually nourishment mindset. If you'd like to suggest a topic, please just get in touch with me through the website. My email's there. My social stuff is there. I'd love to answer any questions. I really appreciate that. And I do want to share a new review that I have from Megan, five stars. Thank you, Megan. Nourishing Yourself Through More Than Just Food. Dixie's book is not only entertaining, but teaches about nourishment techniques in areas well beyond food. I have learned so much from Dixie's podcast, and these concepts are thoroughly covered in her book. But I was surprised by how much more I gleaned through the chapters. Her personal stories are endearing and relatable, and she gives the reader no excuse for not making positive changes starting, all in caps, today. (laughs) So we'll end there. Thank you. Have a nourish, nourish week, and I will be back with you next Tuesday. Au revoir. Santé.